You having some issues over there, Randall? No, we're okay. We're okay. <laughs> Fiona Fiona came down and was was asking me about her one of her stuffies. So. Oh, she's good. She's good. If we need to take a pause for a sec, yeah, we need to we need to take care of the stuffy situation. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see what she's got going on here. One second. Yeah. One hundred percent. No problem. No problem. I couldn't tell. I was like, oh man, something looks urgent or something. I was like, we don't need. It. We can pause for a sec. I know. I was I was looking at your face. I was like. Does Kevin want to say something? <laughs> yeah, I more was like, I, I was trying to see, like, can you tell Randall looks <laughs> like something's going on? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with John Hines. Hey there. And Randall Nolary. Hey, folks. And we are back, as always, in uh, almost 2024. I guess I was about to say in the new year, but I guess this episode will come out next year. But we're still squeezing <laughs> one more in under the wire in uh, 2023. Uh, but yeah, hope everybody's having a good you know, wrap up to 2023 and all that. And uh, as always, we're going to dig into some video games and uh, just kind of hit the ground running. I'm going to kick things off here with a few of the things that I've been playing um, I have been picking up a bunch of games on Switch on sale again. I've been kind of tapping into that like realm of all the $2 games on sale. I think I've mentioned a few of them on uh, Save It for the Cast recently and even on some of our proper episodes or even just some of like the time that we've been just like chatting about stuff in the uh, Discord or just before recording or whatever. And I've picked up a few where I've been like a little bit burned on, not burned on them so much, but like the port, like I picked up this one game where like, it's like kind of a top-down tile-based, grid-based thing, but like you can only use the joystick to move, so it's like kind of annoying that I can't man. use the D-pad. So there's been like a few weird like ports on the Switch where obviously I'm not mad grabbing a game for two bucks and you know being like, oh, okay, I didn't love this or I'm not gonna play a ton of this, whatever. But I've picked up a few. Probably the two that I'm the mo- or actually the three that I'm the most excited to play some more of are uh, Bleak Sword DX. Lil Gator game and Boomerang X. The only one of those I've actually played a little bit of is Boomerang X. And I was like, okay, this is pretty freaking sweet. I thought it was going to be a roguelike and I haven't gotten that impression so far from the game. So I'm curious to play some more of that. But the two games that I did want to actually talk about that I've played a little bit more of here um, are actually a couple kind of wizard themed uh, games that I've had on my wish list for a long time, or at least as long as they've been on this uh, eShop, because I know the first one here uh, didn't come out too long ago on Switch, although I know it was released about 10 years ago. It's called Wizorb uh, from Tribute Games, and that was kind of the reason I scooped it up. It's only $5 in and of itself. Uh, again, they kind of released it on the 10-year anniversary on Switch and maybe on other platforms as well. Um, but it went on sale for 50% off around the holidays here. And I was like, okay, 250. I own every other game from tribute to the best oh, yeah. of my knowledge, at least. And I've loved every single one of them. Uh, you know, Flint hook, the new turtles game, oh, yeah. uh, steel assault. I know there's a few other ones that I'm forgetting. Uh, but I've really been a big fan of their stuff. And I know Wizor being kind of their earliest one. I was like, kind of, I almost bought this more as like a curiosity because it is like essentially it's like a Arkanoid brick breaker kind of clone. Um, and to, a clone is a little bit of an overstatement or kind of like selling it short a little bit because it does have a ton of personality and charm and like the the graphics like they're with that, you know, in typical tribute uh, fashion. The pixel art's just amazing. Even back at, you know, their very early releases, it's like all the little like expressiveness of like when you hit a enemy a few times with your uh you know, little orb or whatever, and it like knocks them out and they kind of like 
evaporate into whatever, you know, cloud they turn into or whatever. I just all the little mm-hmm. death animations are so cool. Even just when you hit a brick and it kind of like disappears and evaporates is a really cool kind of like, I don't know, the way it like dematerializes or something. It's just a really cool visual effect. The music is is good, but it's a little bit on like that retro kind of grading vibe. Like I will admit that I've kind of been playing it handheld and like, well, people have been watching stuff on the TV in the background. So like I haven't had the best experience to really soak that side of things in, but it did just feel like, oh, this is getting kind of repetitive. Like each world has seems like it has about 12 or 13 stages, a um, few different power ups. It seems like you're going to unlock some more maybe throughout the campaign and whatnot, um, which is kind of that's kind of the cool thing, though, is that it's just kind of campaign driven. Um, there's kind of a boss battle at the end of each stage. It's kind of kind of reminds me or. Definitely reminds me a lot of playing like Strikey Sisters. Um, yeah, I would say Strikey Sisters definitely has the edge over this one, being number okay. one that it's a two-player co-op game and just has like a little more charm and interesting like enemy stuff going on. But at the same time, I would say this game's a little bit more polished. Wizard that is like it's just like really well made. Again, the pixel art's amazing. Uh, the controls feel really solid. It does have some options to tweak the paddle speed and stuff like that. I it felt great right off the bat, so I was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mess with it. It just feels good. Nice. Um, but I've really been having a lot of fun with that game. Uh, and the, yeah, happy to grab it for half half off, but would have been more than happy to grab it for full price at five bucks. Uh, I'm gonna then, grab that now because yeah, I was like, why do I know Wizard? <laughs> five like, bucks oh, yeah, is an Xbox nothing. Live Arcade thing. That's why. Yeah. Exactly. It's honestly, I've been thinking about that a lot. I'm like staring at my games at like or a bunch of games on my wish list. It's like, oh, two bucks. Oh, this is five. Oh, this is seven fifty. I'm like, why am I not just buying this game? I really want it. And, you know, obviously I have a backlog to get through here. Yeah. But there's so many games that go on sale for cheap. And I'm like, why am I hemming and hawing about a two dollar purchase? Here? <laughs> cheaper. <laughs> I don't really get it. Um, but uh, yeah, another two dollar game that I scooped up recently and kind of themed similarly uh, gameplay wise and uh, uh just thematically uh, in the wizard uh, theme um, is pinball wizard. And yeah, like Randall was talking about a little <laughs> bit tough to find if you're just like searching for it online. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess if you just type pinball wizard game, this one's from frosty pop is the uh, developer or maybe the publisher. I'm not sure, but uh, caught my eye a while ago. I can't remember if a friend shared this online or if I just saw it on Twitter or caught it on the eShop, you know, on sale one time before, but it's normally only eight bucks. And again, Totally fair price at that being I actually was just playing this a little bit before uh, hopping on to record tonight. Uh, and I, another game that I kind of thought was going to be more of like a roguelike presentation. And it sort of is because you're like grinding and unlocking these new abilities as you collect treasure on each stage. And it basically is like a dungeon crawler pinball game with like pretty strict pinball mechanics. And the first few runs, I was a little bit disappointed. It's got a really charming presentation, but like a little bit basic for lack of a better term but like everything's like real clean looks really nice kind of like low poly ish uh 3d you know presentation but it takes a little bit of getting used to like the movement of the character and your character is like literally this you're not a ball you're literally like a wizard little mini wizard running around and then when you you know run to the bottom of the dungeon you have the weight and feel of a pinball but you're just like takes a little getting used to that visual that you're not like actually rolling you're just like running and like hitting little bumps in the terrain and flying off the table after like an explosion happens. Like it takes a little getting used to, and there's a lot of like little cheap elements where like, because it's a pinball game, you don't have full control of your character. So like, you're like, okay, I have to hit these slimes to attack them. But also when they turn orange, they're attacking me. But if I hit it when it's orange, a lot of times there's like nothing I can do. But as you unlock some of these like 
abilities as you kind of grind in roguelike fashion, or I guess even in like RPG fashion, I guess. Um, I've now got an ability where you can now press, obviously the shoulder buttons are like your flippers for the left and right. Um, and then now I have, you can either hold down the a button and it puts it into like, you know, bullet time, slow motion. And then this like radial dial starts spinning around your character and you can do like a dash and then dash into enemies and it multiplies your attack percentage, like 150%. You can keep upgrading that with coins and stuff. Uh, and have it either last longer or upgrade how much extra damage you do. And then now I've also unlocked the ability to like cast a spell, which is essentially almost acts like it's like a second ball coming into play. It does like its own separate amount of damage, but same thing. You press a different button, but it goes into like bullet time, slow motion, radial menu flies around or not menu, but radial like kind of clock spins around and then you release it when you want to fire the spell. And then you can play that just like a ball and you can again upgrade that to do more damage or to last longer because uh, it just fizzles out and fades after enough time. And it doesn't do as much damage as you do running into the enemies. But you kind of like learn like, OK, I can't just use my dash to like hit and attack enemies. I do have to kind of save my energy because you're using like your magic or whatever. And I think it's just called energy uh, to to dash or cast the spell. And you got to uh. like decide like, OK, that enemy, instead of like using it always to be on the offensive, I have to be like, oh, shit, I'm going to hit that slime while it's orange let me dash away from it instead of dashing into it to do the extra damage. So once I'm like kind of playing that balancing act, getting used to the controls a little bit more, uh, the main, there's sort of like a campaign. And then after you get to floor 16, uh, which again, like I was expecting it to be roguelike, but it seemed like a couple things randomly generated, but like the table, you know, quote unquote was the same each time when you booted up a floor and then you're kind of clearing it through, like almost like clearing each level And then once you got the floor 16, it unlocks like, you know, a daily challenge mode. That's sort of where like the procedural generation comes into play. Nice. Um, And then there's like these other tables that unlock that kind of more like are like Sonic spinball style, like in the sense that there's like kind of multiple tables like off to the side and you can keep like hitting the ball over to these new areas and stuff like that. So or you're the wizard, I guess, not really a ball, but I don't know. I've just been having a lot of fun with it. I'm. You know, it it has the grindy elements that I don't love about a lot of like, quote unquote, roguelikes, whether or not this one has that element to it uh, beyond the daily challenge mode or whatever. I don't know as far as the procedural generation goes, but um, I was kind of thinking it was going to be more like because you play the campaigns called the tower and you're like clearing each floor as you climb up. You got to like kill. Basically, there'll be an enemy on each stage that will drop a key. And then once you pick up that key, you just have to survive long enough or get through the door at the top of the stage. Which, again, like, before you get that dash, you're kind of like, man, it's so annoying to, like, it's really hard to, like, hit yourself with enough power to get to the top of some of these boards. But then once you unlock that dash, and it's like, maybe I just cleared a few too many of those early stages, like, where they're maybe thinking you would have had the dash by now. And, like, it was just too hard to get to, like, the top tier of the table. But, yeah, and there's still, I'm I'm only about halfway through. I got to the final boss stage today. I haven't been able to clear it, uh, the 21st floor. And then, again, it seems like there's, like, these daily challenge modes and these extra tables and definitely only about halfway through, like, the different abilities that I can unlock. So definitely having a good time with that one. Like I said, would have been more than happy to have paid 8 bucks for it, but definitely happy to have snagged this one for 2 bucks and to clear another game out of my wish list queue on the uh, eShop. So... More pinball-based yeah. video game influence stuff is always yeah. good. Yeah, it looks yeah. It, like so good. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, charm levels are definitely off the charts, yeah. And yeah, you can't go wrong with some pinball video game action. No. So, um, 
But yeah, why don't I kick it over to uh, John here for a little, uh, I don't know, video game, <laughs> video game chit chat. Yeah, so I recently picked up the Steam Deck, the older version, once uh, our friend Mikey picked up the OLED version. I got his old uh, Steam Deck original, and uh, I've been booting up a bunch of different games, a lot of stuff that we touched on on Save It For The Cast, you know, replaying old favorites that we've talked about on the podcast before, uh, was playing Hades before this call started, it came in a little bit late. Always a good decision. Yeah, yeah, I need to go back to that game. It uh, holds up, and it's still fun to start over from nothing. And even <laughs> like, kind of going back with uh, the idea of a roguelike progression, just to go a little bit off topic right off the start. But <laughs> I was very curious to see how Hades handled like having beaten it, you know, multiple times in like the roguelike setting. Is like, oh, is this a game that you can beat on the first run? And I don't think, I mean. I think if you were perfect and couldn't evade every single enemy hit, I absolutely think you could. But at least for me, I was like, oh, well, I'm actually getting pretty far in this first go, like right off the start. So it was it's nice to know that, yeah, having played that game multiple times through or multiple runs through does carry over and that I think I have gotten through the early stages a lot faster than my first time through the playing the game. Yeah. But in addition to Hades, uh, I have been playing a lot of Monster Hunter World, and I will come back to that because uh, another game that I have played before and that we've talked about before uh, on the podcast is Lonely Mountains Downhill, and that was another yep. game that I put oh, on yeah. the uh, Steam Deck just to you know get a feel for it and try out some games that I hadn't necessarily played on uh, another console other than the Switch just to get a feel for it. But it's kind of like when you get like a new TV, like you want to like fire up a few things that you know how they are the new new like uh, headphones. Like I want to listen to this album and know how it sounds and like really tell, you know, how these headphones are uh, serving me or whatever. Exactly. But let me tell you, playing Lonely Mountains Downhill for the second time through from nothing that game ooh, really benefits from knowing the maps beforehand and was really hitting a lot of the same buttons that Monster Hunter World has been. And I'm going to be talking about Monster Hunter World <laughs> like a lot on this podcast. I think <laughs> it's going to be the like other game that I'm just continuously coming back to and playing because it also just has a nice community still, which is amazing for a game that came out. I have no idea how long ago. It's been a while. It's been a minute. There's been oh, multiple yeah. Monster Hunter releases since then. So. And uh, the mission that I played before turning it off for the night was a Witcher 3 crossover where I played wow, okay. as Geralt and it sucked. It was a bad, it was a bad <laughs> was mission. Witcher, Witcher is not Capcom or no. anything, right? No, it's not. It's weird. That was very weird. Like at... I had already done the Mega Man uh, (laughs) side games and the Dante uh, from Devil May Cry featuring Dante from Devil May Cry (laughs) uh, side mission games so that you could get alternate costumes in Monster Hunter so that your Palico could dress up like Mega Man and you could dress up like Dante. Of course. But anyway, um, Monster Hunter World, I really loved how it was 
the gameplay seems so structured around you learning the maps and really getting a feel for, oh, this is the locations that these monsters like regularly inhabit, or this is where these items are if you need to fetch them. Because there were a few times when I was just booting the game up and I would be searching for a, a monster and I didn't have any like scout fly levels, which is how you can track them in the game, which is much better than the previous series where you had to literally hunt them and then paint them and then the paint would wear off after time and you would lose them on your mini map but this is like a permanent bonus where after you find them found them x amount of times and you've leveled up your scout fly levels these little fireflies will just guide you to where they are until you get a max tracking level and then they just show up on your mini map but there were several times when i didn't have any of those and it was the first time I was hunting them, and I actually just failed the mission, which are like 50-minute timers, because I just couldn't find them. But as I was failing in that 50 minutes, I was learning the layout of the level, and I was kind of internalizing it and memorizing it, which is a gameplay loop that I enjoy. (laughs) I understand (laughs) that that is maybe not attractive to a lot of other people, but... Like, yeah, spending an hour just walking around on a map and then failing. Um, but <laughs> that, the map. like, that sense <laughs> of getting to know an area and internalizing it and having that be part of the game, like, proper is what really was affecting me in Lonely Mountains Downhill. And it was the second time I had been playing the game. And I had already played through maybe 50% of the content first, but like replaying it from the start on a new platform, I was like, oh, I remember this. And I was breezing through the first few levels because I was like, oh, I remember there's a shortcut here. Or I remember Mm -hmm. like I can take this jump even though it looks like I totally can't. And it just felt so good to kind of do the same thing of learn a map, kind of learn the ins and outs of where you can go and what limits you can push. And it was so satisfying to do that and kind of have the skill set of, which is basically just learning a map. And by the way, this is also what I've been doing in the Risk of Rain Returns game, which is a lot of the same maps from the original Risk of Rain. And I don't something about learning a map is just mm-hmm. something that's really appealing to me right now. I don't know. There there was something about I remember when DJ and I would do the co-op sessions with the original Risk of Rain, like being that like, you know, again, another game that's like kind of a roguelike, but it's like the levels are the same every time, but just where the stuff spawns is different. But it was kind of mm-hmm. like it was kind of fun to be like, oh, shit, we haven't we forgot to check that area up in the top, like upper left corner. Like you just kind of knew the right. map and like, oh, how can we forget about that? Like mm-hmm. there, there is something satisfying about just, I guess, just committing something to memory. Yeah. <laughs> like at the end of the day, just like, um, yeah. But, Especially but good I level can, design, you know. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point, too. Yeah. And like I'd been, um, I started doing the daily challenges on Lonely Mountains Downhill, which I had never done. And I don't even yeah, know. I was going to say I've never messed with those. I don't think that was even a feature when I first started playing it in person, maybe. But they definitely didn't have seasons. So it's now a seasonal game. And I don't Ooh, know I what know the that. you can unlock cosmetics and stuff like oh, like yeah. every seasonal game. But <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. I was doing one of the uh, daily challenges and I had just selected it without even knowing what the, I don't know, mods were before. And it was only as I was doing it, I was like, oh, the entire mountain is like reversed. This is a mirror mode. <laughs> and like I was doing Ooh. a night mode mirror mode on nice. one of Night them. modes are hard enough as it is. Yeah, yeah. they are. But it also felt like the second that I realized it was a, like a mirror mode and I got to this one segment of the map, I was like, oh, I know where a shortcut is. And it, like it felt so good to do mm-hmm. that. Like, even though it was I was, you know, eventually getting ranked 2000th out of on the leaderboards. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that and that's point, with retrying to... 10 times because mm-hmm. you know exactly where it is, but you want to go fast to do that. Yeah. <laughs> get to the next checkpoint as fast as possible but mm-hmm. you just you know that risk reward yet again right yeah what that's what was so great about that game. game just the way it like balanced like the tug of war between like the challenges they would give you of like oh try to beat this without like crashing x amount of times or, or beat it in yeah. this amount of time but then like splitting it up into a number of checkpoints but then having the final challenge be the full track in yep. one yep. with no checkpoints like ah oh, i just love that game like it's the only so complaint good. i have is like it does get kind of hard and like you oh. if you don't have the, if you're not in the mood with like the patience you're just like okay i'm yeah i'm not i can't play this game right now like i just i can't sit here and try this again and again and again but apart from that it's like it, like you said earlier when we were texting or whatever it's a, it's a masterpiece it's, it's a perfect close game. to perfect it's yeah. so yeah. good it's Love the soundscape game. too, just the like you know yes. tweeting birds in the background mm-hmm. and like no music whatsoever, which is so perfect. Good. It doesn't need music. I th- it yeah. it would music would probably it, it would yeah music would keep you from doing like run after run after run because you'd be like ah oh, I'm sick of hearing this shit or you know whatever it is you'd turn it off or whatever. It's kind of nice to just be like there's none of that distraction. Yeah, it would like push a certain tempo on you that you may or may not want for a given yeah. section, right? Yeah. Well, I I take every night mode just basically with the brakes on the entire time, <laughs> <laughs> just taking four times as long as a normal run. Say <laughs> so Nana's yeah. out for but a even, stroll on this one, yeah. <laughs> even that feeling though of just being able to go just a little faster than you did last time, just because oh. you know the track a little bit better, mm-hmm. is so satisfying mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, why don't we kick it over to uh, Randall here for the the newest video game of the bunch, saving it for last here. Saving it for last. Super it's an old Mario game too. RPG. <laughs> 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 Super nice. Mario RPG. So this came out originally on Super Nintendo in 96. Not a game I played Dang, then. I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah, yeah, 96. Uh, it's a square Square developed, which was pretty novel at that time, too, right? That mm-hmm. Nintendo didn't make it, but, you know, being an RPG, not something mm-hmm. Nintendo yeah. was really known for. Um, they kind of dabbled around the edges with some of the Zelda stuff, but not really. So, yeah, yeah I know I didn't play it then, um, I, even though, you know, I, I, Kevin, you had mentioned before we started that y- you own it physically. I think I do, too, on Super Nintendo, but, like, I don't mm-hmm. even know if I've even played it there. Uh, even to pop it in, you know, so I, all that to say, I went in kind of blind, but it was one of those games I was able to get like the buy to get one free from Best Buy and it was a pre-order thing. So like, yeah, you know, why not? You know, I'm just always in love with the thousand year door paper Mario, you know, game as well as, Mm -hmm. you know, the best of the Mario and Luigi series and all that stuff. So I'm like, you know, let's go back to the proto one that 
I've always had a side eye. There's some people that, you know, there's a whole cult following for some of the side characters that are yeah, in this like game. Yeah, like Gino. Everybody yeah. loves Gino. And, and I kind of love Gino. Even having never played the game, I kind of just love the character design of Gino. It's like so not a Mario character. And Very that's kind of the charm agreed. of this game. Yes, yes. Very, very much more just kind of like jrpg of the time but you know the the cutesy is yes not as nintendo styling so Mm -hmm. you know all that also to say is it's it's more of a traditional um rpg to some degree you know more than even some of the other paper mario stuff in my experience um so i'll I'll start with the the good stuff um the the good stuff is it's it's cute you know, they, they added this new coat of paint to it. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I like the visually styling well enough. The cutscenes are really well done. They're, they're short, but like if there's like a new character intro or, you know, uh, a boss or whatever else, like you're getting this cool cutscene and that's super fun. They mm-hmm. did a good job with that. Uh, the music, you know, is nice enough, at least the first time you're hearing some of those tracks. <laughs> um, you can play as Bowser in Peach and that's mm-hmm. maybe the got to be probably the first time that you could do that so that's pretty cool and novel as well mm-hmm. so you know yeah. okay those are the good things right i think i covered so oh boy uh, <clears throat> <laughs> hard to go back to i'll say is is where i stand on this i think it's pretty faithful to what that super nintendo game is and if you're a fan of that game and it's in your nostalgia i think that's you know that's great you'll probably have a good time again uh for me coming to it fresh for the first time and you know loving paper mario and and thousand year door the the games that were informed by it but evolved from it right Mm -hmm. right it's just tough like you get stuff like it's it's old jrpg jrpg and it does look (laughs) all the clips they showed in like the trailer and the nintendo direct when they announced it it does look very faithful to where it's like same angle perspective yes like they just plugged in new you know yeah, they've updated some things, but like kind of just quality of life stuff. It kind of seemed for, as far as like the game layout and structure, it's a little bit identical, a little bit of quality of life <laughs> stuff. And I, and I have some yeah. things to say about that, too, because uh, yeah. it's a little unevenly applied. Do they not like update inventory management and stuff? That's like one that, of or? the pieces that irks me. So it kind of did. Um, but like there's this nice um, when you just press start and you do the full pause there's ways of looking mm-hmm. at, you know, your party and you can sub in and out characters and there's items and equipment and all that stuff. But specifically in there's maps and, and there's, you know, there's cool things like being able to teleport to different parts of the map. Sometimes if you haven't visited it for the first time, you have to go there like on this map screen. You can't just teleport. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. with like items and equipment. In the start menu, I'm not able, like, I can see that there's, like, an item I want to use or an equipment, but sometimes, like, it won't let me equip that thing in that menu. It says, Mm -hmm. go to the other menu by pressing, like, X or whatever, and you have to equip it from that menu, which makes me think this whole thing's running, like, behind an emulator shell or something. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's just really odd. Uh, Yeah, and I'm like, what is this? Like... You did a really good job with like how this looks, but you know, the quality of life stuff is not consistent that way. Like you're showing me things and that's nice enough, I guess, but I'm expecting, I'm thinking that I can interact with these things I'm looking at and that's, (laughs) 
not always the yeah. case. I have to go into this other menu and then, okay, I guess I'll just use that X menu, but it's a simplified menu as, you know, closer to what that Super Nintendo one probably was for items or equipment. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're already doing enough menu so, diving and stuff in a, in a general, uh, you know, RPG or JRPG as it is. It's like, to yeah, make it a more tedious, like anything you do to streamline that process seems like it'd be an improvement. Yeah, you would think. So the comparison that I'm drawing to is like the Link's Awakening mm-hmm. remake on there's Switch. Some, Visually, there's some there's some very nice there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like that coming from a Game Boy game which had the barest of like menu systems and like but I did not remember like I can't even picture the switch menu, and I think that's to its benefit in that. Right. I like, think they I were don't pretty faithful being... in that game, though. Too, I'll say. I remember like they them sticking to like the two button, like you can only like assign those two things. Like there wasn't any like right. hot key to like swap my items out, or you know, just things that would be like not right. like if I could have just used the shoulder button to toggle through my like B item in Link's Awakening, like that would have been so nice to just, okay, boomerang, <laughs> let me flame. Okay. Like just something like that instead of, okay, let me pause. Let me switch. Let me unpause. Like mm-hmm. it's just so tedious, you know? Yep. That would have been actually a real, like I had just something simple. That, yeah. yeah. Assign two, like to an R button and an L yeah, button. Yeah. You can keep you can it. You can keep yeah. it at the two, like keep that limitation of only being able to have two things equipped. But, like, let me swap through them quickly. Like, I love, like, right. the modern Mega Man uh, ports or whatever that let you just toggle between the different power-ups without pausing the game. Yes. After you unlock them. That's real Nothing quality to be said of life about stuff. the input but yeah, lag, but... Use the buttons available. <laughs> and, you, you know, I get, too, that right. there's probably a counterbalance of, like, my God, there's so many buttons on a modern controller, and maybe some of these folks are coming from some of those, you know, the nostalgia angle where they haven't played a system in a while, and, you know, they only want less buttons. But there's, I think, yeah. you know, just still only using a couple of shoulder buttons wouldn't be too crazy. And then there's no, it's not mandatory to do that in that example to flip between things you could equip. So, yeah. Yeah, like the the menu stuff seems weird that that is the thing that you're sticking yeah. from the original time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not none of that stuff's like action driven where you have to like internalize the controls. Like no. it's like once you kind of I mean, you do it to a degree to get navigate the to menus, get to the menu. But, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just but. like that's it's odd. And then another another through line from that Link's Awakening remake to this is I just noticed some stuttering, you know, in, in going around some of the town areas. I was worried about that. Yeah, which again, I'm not I'm not like some frame rate purist or anything. And I know the switch has been out for a thousand years, but this again doesn't seem like the most intense thing. It doesn't seem <laughs> it's just like it just seems like maybe it just wasn't super duper optimized. I don't know. Um, yeah, or it's just like at a yeah. point because I will say like but same thing with Link's Awakening. It's a really good looking game, like it's really sharp. Yeah. But like it's almost like that they like push the visuals like just a little too far for like what the switch can handle. Yeah. And like that's uh, that's kind of the impression I got. That's sort of the reason I didn't jump and buy this one like right away. And I still kind of want to get it, although I'm leaning a little more in the opposite direction now with what yet. you're saying here. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep it lay it on me. Lay it on me. Talk me out of buying this game completely. Save me some money. Oh, geez. Um, OK. <laughs> So I, I guess there was there was a little bit of good still that I didn't that I didn't give credit. The, some of the dialogue's cute. I, I will say in in a, like a lot of Mario RPGs, some of the dialogue can be cute. 
the enemy design and and the main character design all the design of stuff is cute and quirky and you know there's some charm in all of that I, I don't think i mentioned that before so want to throw that mm-hmm. out there but okay but you're also not selling the remake as opposed no. to like all those things were in the right. original yeah. like yes and it's the original still accessible. Yeah, is that on the Switch Online? I guess I don't I don't know or not. I don't think it's, it's not, on the Switch Online, but it is on the Super Nintendo uh like mini or whatever. Uh, yeah. Mini. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been available on like the various virtual console yep. shops. We virtual console. Yep. 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 For sure. So it's been av- yep. it's been available for a reasonable price over the, you know, recent years. Yep. It's also one of the first games I ever emulated. Oh, there you go. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's always available for three ninety nine. <laughs> so the input timing. Uh, this is this is this is maybe Ooh. one of my bigger deal breakers. Is I like the visual indicators for doing the special inputs when you're going to like hit an enemy. Yeah, are are mm-hmm. really difficult to discern because they're like often they're these like big animations when like Gino the more magic character or like Mallow they're both kind of have like magic stuff like Mallow has this like lightning strike or whatever so there's lightning bolts happening everywhere yeah. it's not one lightning bolt that you're waiting for there's a lot mm-hmm. of lightning happening and at some point in that sequence is the right time to hit it to make it hit for more and there is like a little exclamation point thing that comes up but it's to me i've never caught the timing of that because it's not at the end of the animation necessarily it's close to the end of the animation and it never felt intuitive mm-hmm. To me, a la some yep. like rhythm games that kind of can have that problem sometimes to me. Like that's what I was feeling. And I could never like defending is one thing. I, you know, the enemy attacks are kind of the same way. I know I got to hit it at the end to prevent the damage. I was getting pretty good with okay. that. But the attacks, I was like some of these attacks, I'm like, I'm doing these over and over again. And I'm like feeling like I'm not really getting any better than 50 percent success tops. And, and if it's you know, anything like it, the Paper probably. Mario games, like that gets to be a little bit crucial in the later games. Yes. Like you kind of have to land all those blocks and all those kind of extra damage points to win a lot of those battles, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's and you can grind where you can you can kind of offset some of that stuff a little bit. And I did do some grinding and maybe that's also why I've fallen off on this because I do that to myself. But, <laughs> I, you know, it's just that that really hurt my cause. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally remember that being a nightmare in comparison because I also went from Paper Mario back to Super Mario RPG mm. and Paper Mario telegraphs Very it really clearly. well, like has it. I mean, it's, it's so much simpler in comparison, yeah. but like I could probably count on one hand the amount of times I successfully hit the timing right. (laughs) Even in the original version, that's good to know too. And then like the other piece of that, that kind of is alongside is, you know, if you juxtapose it against paper Mario, paper Mario, it's not just Mm -hmm. the a button, which is the case in super Mario RPG. Every single one is just press the a button at the right time. Where in paper Mario, you're holding back the Mm -hmm. analog stick to the right moment on some of the attacks. And that feels so good. Like flicking it back and then releasing it to slam. Mm-hmm. the hammer yeah it like feels kind of in intuitive to what the movement that you're doing is kind yes. of if that makes sense yeah yes exactly yep. instead of just pushing yeah. a at some arbitrary time that i'm horrible at so like man 
that was rough. Uh, that was very rough. And I, like I said, I'd never got too much better. Um, also, there's isometric you? platforming, and that's not great because... Ooh. Oh, my God. Yes, uh, it's getting the hits of all of the weakest points <laughs> of the original game. And, and again... So all I'm hearing is that it's a faithful <laughs> recreation. <very>, seemingly <laughs> very faithful. And, and, and I'm someone... I'm kind of a sicko Who where I'm like, that, no, maybe, yeah. like Landstalker kind of works. And that's an isometric platformer, but it's designed around that. Whereas this is an RPG game with platforming elements that happens to be in an isometric perspective. And I'm, you're yeah, controlling remember, a yo. character in an RPG game that can kind of jump, but it's really, it doesn't feel great. It's a really stiff jump. The little yeah. bit I've played of that game, it's like not you're not really able to tell like, oh, I'm going to jump over this gap and cover this, but you don't have a good feel of that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when the environments change in every Mm -hmm. world. So you don't know where the end of a platform is compared to another. Yeah. I almost feel like it maybe be a little better in this game because I feel like it might be a little easier to visually parse things. Whereas like that kind (laughs) of, you know, smeared (laughs) 2D look, even though I love that look of the Super Nintendo one. It is clean looking that That might help a little. Yeah, but like you feel like I want to jump like a Mario game because I'm controlling Mario and, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm like moving Mm -hmm. for momentum before I jump. But then often I'm just like falling off the edge of stuff because you're often, you know, with this isometric perspective and the secrets they add, you know, you can get kind of on the top of these little rooms or on the top of toads or whatever else. And you make these little particular jumps and I'm like, okay, I move and then jump and I'll get over there. But no, it's. It just doesn't feel that way. It's not, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I was mistiming that all the time too. A lot of mistiming. Um, yep. Another big thing that killed me, probably one of the last big issues that I had is, so there's there's secrets. There are these secret blocks in these areas. Um, some of these areas are very big. Um, and they'll just, mm-hmm. you can equip a badge that says it's a badge to equip to find the hidden blocks, the secret blocks. And I'm like, oh, okay, why wouldn't I equip that to know when there's a hidden block or secret block? I want to get all the, right. the doodads and the extra potions and whatever else. Um, but then the result of that effectively is you just jumping in every single space of a level uh, you know, both on the first plane, but then also if there's any verticality, jumping on top of stuff to jump to see if there's, you know, hidden blocks. And that is very tedious when it's not it's not explicitly tile based either. So you're kind of having to intuit where where does one tile stop and another begin in this isometric space to find this one hidden block that might be in this relatively large area and and that's just not necessarily fun gameplay at some point to just be jumping around and hearing the jump sound over and over and over and over and over again endlessly and then the music super repetitive too i guess that's the other part just once you've been in these areas for a while there's that loop kind of hits and over and over and over again yeah Mm -hmm. okay yeah i'm just i'm bashing at this point but it's it's already back in the, the box i put like five hours in so it's not like i immediately jumped off ship but yeah, it's gonna get Ooh. sold. Um, Ooh, right, right into the, the set for sale bin. I didn't yeah. think you'd go over there. I thought yeah, you'd maybe I stick did. it around in the collection just for you know the sake of owning it. No, or whatever. I got. I I don't have enough space for the Switch games I have yeah. as it is. I, <laughs> I need that. to keep the ones I like. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of good to know because that's like as much as like you know 
I, I'm kind of like you or you were kind of saying earlier, I don't know if you fully said this or not, but I, I was thinking like I kind of tend to lean towards like I do like that kind of faithful remake a lot of times. But mm. at the same time, I know we've talked about like all those Pocky and Rocky Wild Guns. I know I'm a broken record with those games, but like I'm kind of all about a reimagining at this point. Yeah. I don't want a faithful, yes, absolutely. you know, with just some updated visuals and quality of life stuff. I kind of want no. like... Give me what that game should have been if it came out now. I exactly. want it almost every time. Maybe not if it's like a Metroid Prime remastered, but maybe maybe still. I, who knows there what that would have be been things, like if yeah. they were just like, mm-hmm. what would this game have been now? And they just released it instead of making it just like a one to one port. You know, I'm, I'm I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I don't it's know it's totally to fair. Go. Those 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 original versions are generally accessible one way or another, right? Like so, right. Add add those quality of life features that make sense for the modern platform and sensibilities without hopefully losing the spirit of the thing. You know, and I will say I don't think they lost the spirit of the thing here. It's just it's just really rough to go back to. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've felt even when I first saw it, I was like, well, I own this yeah, game. You do. Like, I already have <laughs> this game. Like, unless it's actually going to do something new, like I don't necessarily want it, and I'm. Uh, I thank you for your service because yeah, you just did welcome. me a favor too. I, I also w- don't think I I was getting ready to be picking this, this one. I got a few Target gift cards for Christmas, and I was like, maybe I'll put you know that'll cover you know I have one fifty dollar gift card. Like, that'll pretty much cover Mario mm. RPG. Maybe I'll just snag it. And yeah, I was kind of like John, just kind of kind of grab it out of like service to like I'm a Nintendo fan, and you know I don't necessarily need to buy every Nintendo game. So save it for that. Thousand year I door. Even gotten Pikmin four. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Pikmin four is so good. Pikmin four. Yeah. There's a video game. Yeah. No doubt. Well, yeah. That's a shame. That's a shame. But I'm glad you still gave it a shot and you got it for free. So maybe you'll end up coming out or not for free, but you got a part of that buy two right. get one deal or whatever. Yeah. So it was effectively maybe the free come game out ahead. by release schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe you'll come out ahead. You know, yeah. pawning this one off for a few bucks or whatever. I better do it now. Yeah, get top dollar for that sucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, well that's a shame. I was gonna say hopefully we'll hear more about this one no. in the future, but I guess not. Not not from you at least. <laughs> no, you I still I'm still kind of a sucker. There's a part of me, but but knowing that there are Dab knowing ad. that they're get they got that thousand year door remake coming exactly. down the pipeline. It's like I'm just gonna wait. I'm just going to wait for that. That seems like the one to wait for. So, yeah. And they added like this triple oh, attack yeah. thing that you can do in this new one. Apparently, like there's some of those things I obviously like had attacks. no idea was new, but like I remember yeah. seeing something like it attacks like all the enemies at once if you do something right. And it kind of yeah. expedites right. the process a little. But like <laughs> I, re- I do remember when they showed that in the Nintendo Direct, I was like, they're all the stuff that they're like, you know, showing is like the new features. I was like, that's not really enough to justify no, this. Not you know? really a <laughs> same massive yeah. upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a shame. That's a shame. I'm glad we didn't open up with that. <laughs> that's the kind of what I was hesitant around to some degree. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Randall's not tipping his hand here. So, uh-huh. but, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think we can wrap it up there uh, this week for the video games uh, discussion and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, off to an interesting start for 2024 with the, uh, the video games. And uh, I'm excited to, uh, like I said, I got the new apartment, so I'm excited to actually properly dig into some of these games that I've either just glanced on or just been putting off until I have a proper setup, but I don't know. Yeah. Until next week, we will uh, catch you then. And we're on the internet at pursuingpixels.com. and yeah, until next week, take care and take care.
<laughs> Flawless. Oh, man. Bye. Perfect. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> oh, man. All good over there, Randall? Yeah, we were. We couldn't find Bun Bun, the, the bunny baby, so. Which oh, no. I, Daddy had already put Bun Bun in in bed before this. Uh, there's a whole series of things that I make sure are taken. I, think I care got the of. ritual down, but yeah, I know exactly oh where Bun Bun is. <laughs> my my life is so structured. Uh, I, there's just like this invisible checklist uh, that happens every day in a number of regards, and that is one of those things. So yeah, oh, it was perfect. taken care That's of, amazing. but we couldn't find it. So this, there you go. You That's did find it though. Beautiful, mm. beautiful. I did. She went back into a room, and then yeah, Tina's helping her find it. Oh no! But, oh no! Yeah, but Bun Bun is there. I know Bun Bun's there. <laughs> Probably under a pillow. We're all right. Oh man. Oh my We're god. Good. We're good. Good Incredible. deal. Good deal. <laughs>